When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast, brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com. Fun news. Ladies, you better not be working more than 34 hours a week. We'll explain why. Also, how ketchup saves lives and the fastest way to cool down a hot car. Just some of the stories. For today, Friday, June 8th, 2018. We're Jeff and Jen, and here it is. Your news that didn't make the news on Cincinnati's Q102. Before we get to those stories, I really hope your parents don't know this is the real morbid reason many people haven't put any money into their retirement savings. But they, you know, part of the problem and one of the things that we know about the the average American savings is that we are not putting enough money away for retirement and it's an increasing problem and it's getting worse and now we're starting to get some insight as to why it's so difficult and when people do retire you know they're oftentimes making huge sacrifices in the lifestyle that they've become accustomed to during their working years and so they wanted to kind of get at the root of why it is that people aren't saving as much aside from the fact that it's just harder to make a buck these days According to one study, one out of three people say their main financial plan is inheriting money from their parents after they die. That is not a good plan. That is awesome. What are you going to do? I'm just going to live off my parents' money. Well, remember that guy? Remember that guy from Second Date Update who was living at home and didn't have a job? Oh, yeah. Right. I do remember that. And guy. he was like, well, you know, my parents, they pay for everything. What's the difference if I get it now or when they're dead? Remember him? Yes. Or what about that uh, person, you know, who's schmoozing up the, uh, the aunt and uncle that don't have kids? <laughs> Everybody knows one of those. Hey, I'm your favorite, right? <laughs> That's right, Uncle Jeff. <laughs> Why do you guys think I'm so nice to Jeff? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, dummy. I'm just kidding. 36% of people in the Gen X category, 36% of Gen Xers are planning on inheriting money from their parents after they die. I'm interested to see... I would like to ask these people, how much money do you think your parents have? Yeah, because there's a really good chance you're wrong. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, really, really good chance. And you know, people are living a lot longer now. Oh, yeah, they are. I mean, they're retiring. They're living longer because they're having very expensive surgeries and procedures <laughs> and medications. And spending all their money, money on it. <laughs> Oh, you're right. 
You're absolutely right about that. Uh, 36% of Gen Xers say their main financial plan is inheriting money from their parents after they die. 32% of millennials say their main financial plan is inheriting money from their parents after they die. Even 20% of baby boomers say they're banking on mom and dad leaving them a nice pile of cash. Yeah, but then what are you putting away for your kids then? We're just not having kids. supposed to pass it on. Yeah, is that your plan too? Or yeah, do you that's ex- a good question. Do you expect your kids to save a lot of money, or are you planning on socking away a ton of your parents' money for your kids? Maybe I think my parents have so much money that they're going to take care of me and my kids. Mm-hmm. So when I die, I'll just keep rolling. There'll it be over. enough there for everybody. But I got to tell you, no one compares to Generation Z. Generation Z are the people under 22, and a full 63% of Generation Zers currently see their parents as their best financial option. <laughs> wow. Welcome to late capitalism, kids. <laughs> there you Isn't go. that wild? I mean, I do know someone who, I there is a friend I know who has has money saved, but was also counting on proceeds from the passing of her parents Mm -hmm. and her parents are and that was like 20 years ago and her parents are still 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 hanging in there yeah yeah and the house is sold because they needed that to live on money Uh and now they're living in a very nice assisted living facility (laughs) oh wow so, I mean, has she made some adjustments to, has she started putting I some hope more so. money away? I hope so. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, are you guys going to die yet? Or Oh, my God. Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Right. I mean, I understand, you know, I understand how a kid would be like, look, I love my parents, but I also know that when the time comes... You know, there there will probably be something left behind for me. You kind of have that hope that there will be something. Yeah. More than less, hopefully. <laughs> you know, but you can see why in some families where there are more than one or two kids, how an all-out war can happen because oh, yeah. one or oh, two yeah. of those kids was really banking on there being enough for m- mom and dad to take care of them and then... When there's not as much as they thought that they're, they go into full-blown panic and start fighting over everything. Wow. Right. Because, I mean, I've seen that more than once or twice in some of the things that people will do. It's just crazy. Another sneak reason you're happy house. to be an only child. Man, yeah. I don't, you know, sneaking <laughs> into the house in the middle of the night to steal things. Yeah. You know, to get in there and get it before your siblings have a chance to. It's just awful. crazy. Yeah, it brings out. It really brings out the worst in some people. 
All right. In other news that did make the news this morning, women's equality, it needs to happen. We're still not there yet. But one big pitfall is that women have to do everything now. And this study might sound sexist until you hear the reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. A new study in Australia found that women women should only work a maximum of 34 hours a week. And does that include everything, or are we just talking about our full-time job? Your job to avoid workplace uh, burnout. Uh, workplace burnout is the worst. Yeah. But men can work up to 47 hours a work week. And it's only because of all the other stuff that that women have on their plate. Researchers found that women are more likely to feel exhausted by their work schedule because of all the work they have to do outside the office that does not come with a paycheck. Oh, for sure. That's right. So the point they're making is that in general, women spend more time dealing with the kids and taking care of stuff at home, which it's, it's really not fair. Isn't Not it, fair. Isn't it like women have four full-time jobs or something? Didn't we have like a study about that a few months ago that was it's talking crazy. about the, all the time that you add everything up? It's like really doing four mm-hmm. people's jobs. You know, I just recently found a, there was an article I read and I just found it. I didn't think I'd be able to pull it up, but it was on CNN. Uh, five warning signs of workplace burnout. Warning signs of workplace burnout. Did Facebook suggests that this for you. Time, yes. Well, this time, this time of year for us, this is a very stressful. The end of spring, going into summer, is a very stressful time in the radio business. Lots of sure. events, extracurricular. Yeah. We've had activities. a lot going on. So I'm looking at these five things. Number one, a lack of control. Employees who have little control over their schedules, interactions, and time management at risk of burning out. A perception of unfairness. If you're feeling this at work, then unfairness? you're unfairness. Yes. If you uh, are feeling a little slighted, unfairly targeted, or overlooked, inadequately compensated, that's a like sign. Like today when you brought cookies for Tim, but not for the rest of us. Yes. You were <laughs> feeling a little inadequate. You immediately assumed, though, that they weren't for everybody. Well, you and gave that them right a... to Tim and because said, here you go. sitting next Oh, for the love. Yes, you're burnt out. All right, number three. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to three yet. We know you're there. <laughs> Physical changes, stress, uh, neck tightening, headaches, stomach pains, neck negative thoughts about your job. Wow. How about attitude changes, uh, moodiness, negative thoughts, and lack of motivation? And then number five, loss of confidence. If you're second-guessing your abilities, disconnecting with clients and colleagues and slowing productivity. Time for a vacation. Time for a vacation. Those are the five <laughs> things. But I mean, gosh, who can't relate to having experienced that at some at point? At least three or five of the yeah, five. Yeah, two not all of the five. five. Yeah. I can tell you, I'm feeling really fortunate right now because there are times where I feel like I'm battling for control over time. Mm-hmm. That's probably the one that I relate to the most. But the way I keep it in check really is a constant battle. But, you know, I, I think, I don't know, I don't want to speak for everybody in the room, but I feel fortunate that. I'm not feeling that burnout yet, and I do have a vacation coming in a month, so we'll revisit this in three weeks. Uh, (laughs) See see how we're feeling. Getting closer. Um, To be clear, this study that said that women should work less hours than men to compensate for all of the extra stuff, you know, dealing with the kids and taking care of stuff at home. Which isn't fair, by the way, but even in 2018, it still Seems it still to tends be to be the reality. Um, obviously, plenty of women have no problem working just as many hours as men. 
And men who shoulder more the load at home, they get burnt out faster, too. One of the authors of the study says a potential solution would be for women to work less in the workplace and get paid more to compensate them for all the other stuff they do, but they admit that will probably not happen anytime soon. For what it's worth, an online poll did ask people if men and women should have different requirements as far as their work hours go, Hmm. and 75% of people said yes, no. Uh. (laughs) I think a lot of the burnout, though, for me personally is self imposed you know like i have this overwhelming feeling to be like i can do it all 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 and then i get burnt out Mm -hmm. whether it be at work or home yeah yep that's why i don't clean my house (laughs) why i don't organize things (laughs) something's got to give it's like that balloon you know you squeeze a little on this side what's important to you what are you passionate about what pulls you right Right, and it's okay to be tired and burnt out. Yeah, it's you know? crazy. Sure. It's, you know what really matters to you? What's most important? Yes, like is it really that big of a deal that you didn't wash that load of clothes? Not no, really. I still got clean underwear, and even if I didn't, I could turn them inside out and wear them one more time. Or you could just buy another pack. Yeah, <laughs> I always like to wash panties first, but in a moment of desperation, I could. Tim has had a real influence on you. I, hey, <laughs> maybe you know, maybe these are things that I've always had, but I, oh. I always felt that I was the only one. You. And now that I know I'm not alone, I'm no longer ashamed. Mm-hmm. Well, you should be. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> don't you should 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 me with your moral shame on you? I don't think so. Hey, we have some breaking news to tell you about, and this is very sad news. This just came down a few moments ago. Uh, I'm very sorry to report the passing of TV host and chef Anthony Bourdain. Uh, Anthony Bourdain was found dead in his hotel room Friday at the age of 61. Today as in Friday? This morning. He was in uh, France, and I guess that's why there's a little bit of a time delay or whatever. Yes. Um, Anthony Bourdain. This uh, report is coming from CNN, but other news agencies have now picked up on this. Anthony Bourdain was 61. Uh, He had hosted parts unknown on CNN for the last five years. He was also uh, in France, as you pointed out, Fritchie, filming an upcoming episode of the series. Uh, I guess his friend and fellow chef, fellow chef Eric Rippert, found him unresponsive in his room. And uh, the network. This is not another suicide. Oh, gosh, I hope not. Yeah, it's very sad. Nevertheless, Uh, this quote, it is with extraordinary sadness. We can confirm the death of our friend and colleague, Anthony Bourdain, the network said in a statement. His love of great adventure, new friends, fine food and drink and the remarkable stories in the world have made him a unique storyteller. His talents never cease to amaze us and we'll miss him very much. Our thoughts and prayers are with his daughter and family at this incredibly difficult time. For sure. Um, he was one of the few people I followed on Instagram just because he's always has really like fascinating, fun, wild posts. And I loved his snarky sarcasm. We interviewed him. Didn't we interview him on our show when he had a book coming out or something? Yeah, a long time ago. I remember ago. that. Sounds familiar. Yeah, I really enjoyed following him. And he, he's one of these guys that he just he travels all over the world. And if you're ever looking to travel to a city, you can find episodes out there where, you know, even if you don't, necessarily uh, have the opportunity to travel outside of the United States. He's hit every every city in this country, it seems like, and he's found 
you know, places that are a little off the beaten path, great restaurants, little dives that you probably would just drive by and not even think of. And um, he was just really good that way. He was always willing to try anything. Mm-hmm. And I would see the things that that guy would eat, man. He must have had a stomach of steel. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because he went, like you said, he just, but I don't know. That's sad. Very sad. I swear, that was such a surprise to me because I because I do follow him on uh, Instagram. I felt like he just made a post here recently. When was the last time he did it? For four days ago. Yeah. Light lunch. <laughs> Washington Post's reporting that it is an apparent suicide. Oh, oh my gosh. Really? Mm-hmm. That looks amazing, Jeff. I know. I, I, I don't know what this is. It's some kind of meat dish, but that was the last thing he posted just four days ago. Um, well, that's sad. I hate hearing that. So Anthony Mental Bourdain. This is so real. I mean, if this isn't waking people up to it, all of these horrible losses. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, like this, and I was watching, and I was, and then this is so, like, touching for us because I was telling Jeff that I was watching this program about um, how kind Mr. Rogers was to just everyone. And people were talking about how just his kindness was something that really helped people that were just battling things, no matter what, was something that he really helped people kind of go through because he was just so kind. And I kept hearing last night when I was watching the news and watching the Access Hollywoods and stuff of the world about all these suicide numbers that were going up and up and up. And about everyone's like, you know, you never know what someone's battling on the inside. Even you yesterday, Jen, you were posting stuff like you never have any idea what's going on on the inside. So just try to be kind to each other. Well, and what people need to understand, too, is kindness is very, very important. Yes. And they need to understand that mental illness is an illness just the same as having cancer or having kidney problems. I mean, it's the same as any other illness. There is something going on in the chemical makeup of the brain and hormones are involved. It's It has nothing to do with, you can have the best life from the outside. For sure. And there is just something, I mean, I, I talked about it the other day about me coming off my medications for depression and anxiety because it's something I've dealt with for my entire adult life mm-hmm. on and off. And it's really, really Difficult. I mean, I, I'm laying in bed the other night. Nothing to be depressed about. Nothing bad going on. I'm not worried about anything. But just this overwhelming sense of sadness hit me. Just darkness. Mm-hmm. It just felt, And I was very aware of it was happening. And I'm saying to myself, it's not real. Right. It's not real. Everything's good. But it is. It's this sinking feeling where it becomes very, very easy to fall into. So like intellectually, you understand. So intellectually, you understand that nothing is wrong that mm-hmm. you can think of. Uh-huh. But you still feel just so the symptoms sad. of someone who is just in the depths just of despair. so sad and, and just hopelessness. And it's not like, something you could just snap out no, of. No, you can't just snap out of it. But it's you sure not, can snap right into it pretty easily. You fall into it yep. without any, you know, and, and so if, if there is something going on that you're stressed out about or scary about, I mean... I suffer too from PTSD from Jacob's early diagnosis and yeah, then my marriage breaking up was not a pretty situation. There was a lot of stress 
And that sent me into a downward spiral and I was self-medicating and I was not sleeping. And it just, everything just feels a hundred times worse when you have that medical condition of mental illness. Mm -hmm. Because when everything's going great and you're feeling great, you can still feel so sad when stuff starts piling on. Oh my, yeah. I mean, I can see where you feel like there's just... There's no way. Well, what it is, it's not even so much the feeling of hopelessness and helplessness. It is a need to, what is the, you're looking for relief. Mm -hmm. You want relief from this pain and going, just leaving it all just seems like the easiest thing to do. It seems like the only option, the only way I'm going to let this go is to go. And that's, what's really sad because when it gets to that point, there's no thinking about anybody else in your family because you're probably at the point where it's like, they're going to be better off without me. Yeah. But that's not the case. It's not absolutely not. It's just a feeling that you have, that you're having. And it would be so, uh, you know, I just, I want people who have never experienced it to understand that. And I think it's hard it's, for people that have never is. experienced because, for them to understand it because they're going, well, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I gave you this. I did this. I did this. It's not about what you've given or done or mm-hmm. taken or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's an internal feeling. Mm-hmm. So is this something I get the sense that you've experienced as well? For well, I would say post baby. Some postpartum of this is a treated postpartum is something that I think is challenging just in general because It has to do with the fact that your life has completely changed. And then on top of that, you have this crazy, a maniac hormone thing going on. Hormones are a beast. And they are. And it's just like this combination of things. But I just remember, and I still have these feelings sometimes about, remember when it was so easy? Like little stuff, like even walking out to the car, you could trip over your shoe, drop your coffee, your purse goes across the yard. And it's like. I can't even walk to the car without mm-hmm. 17 things happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've never had sensations or realizations about this needs to be the end for me. But I also, I have a lot of issues with people being kind to each other. And it's mostly because I am bringing up a baby in this world where I'm like, what the bleep is going on in the world? And it's so easy for you to be nice to each other. And I see a lot of people not being kind. And it affects me differently now than it did then. And you see, here's differently the now of that. that you've had a baby. Yes. Now that you've had a child. Now that I have before. a child. Because before I just would blow it off and be like, eh, whatever. But now I'm thinking, is my kid going to be brought up in a world where people just are this rude and well, mean and to each other? Well, here's the thing, though. The rudeness and the mean to, meanness to each other, the root of that is that their pain is exactly 100% is their pain. so you know as cliche as it is be the change exactly you know, be kind yes. to the people that are being mean to others yeah somebody's got to stop the cycle you, you absolutely know? i completely agree with you so you reiterated the other day jen when in the process of getting off your medication. This mm-hmm. is doctor supervised. This isn't something that you're oh, just God, arbitrarily yeah. you do doing. And, and I'll tell you, I've been taking Zoloft. It's Zoloft that I've been on for two and a half years. <clears throat> and it's not my first round of, I had been off any kind of um, medication for 10, 12 years. I mean, I went on something when Jacob was four or five for a couple of years. And then, uh, yeah, or younger than that. I guess I went off stuff when he was six. 
So I was on something from the time he was like two or three until he was six. And then, yeah. So you're trying to wean yourself off of this yeah, medication with of doctor supervision. Sure. So you're being closely monitored. You're well, paying yeah. attention. I'm I'm closely monitoring any thing Changes I'm experiencing or feeling. Yeah. Right. And uh, I mean, there are physical things. I mean, dizziness, insomnia, reasons, nausea. reasons that this is not right for you anymore. Well, no, I'm talking about coming off of it. Oh, the no, symptoms I've decided of- that I wanted to come off of it for a couple of reasons. It's I've gained a lot of weight. And on the Zola for me, I'm hungry all the time. Mm-hmm. Really? Because like, I'm not on Zoloft and I feel that too. <laughs> no, it is a different kind oh. of hunger. It is a different <laughs> where I could go, I could go somewhere and eat a 12 course meal and for like three seconds go, oh God, I ate so much. I'm sick. What's for dinner? Ooh, fortune cookies. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I just keep piling it in. And you know, I don't crave healthy stuff. You bring in a dozen donuts and leave them sitting here. I, it, it, it just was awful. So I've gained a ton of weight. And I'm miserable just in my own body. It's mm. not so much the appearance thing. I'm just uncomfortable, you yeah. know? It's just getting up off the floor is a chore. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, ah. So there's the weight gain. There's the weight gain. And then the other thing for me is it can, uh, one side effect can be um, just kind of an increase of any kind of OCD mm-hmm. for me. And for me, <laughs> my obsessive compulsion is shopping. Right. Oh, really? And so, yeah, I mean, if I see something online that I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I can become so honed in on that that I make myself crazy till I buy it. Hmm. Where it's just always in the back. I gotta have that. If I don't have that, I don't know. Yeah. Things aren't right unless you can have it. You got to get it. So, yeah. So I've I've had enough of that. So you've talked to your doctor about it. You've made this decision. You're slowly weaning yourself off of Mm -hmm. it. You're dealing with some of the natural withdrawal effects that come with that. Mm -hmm. But you're being monitored. You've got doctor supervision. So what is the next step after that? Do you try to live without anything or do you replace yeah. it with something else that works better for with you or you go in another direction? Well, natural stuff. And some, you know, everything comes with a certain amount of therapy. You guys know for the past 10, 12 years, I have been doing so many different kinds of personal growth things. Yes. And by really working on myself and getting to know myself and understand myself and how I deal with different kinds of stressful situations and how I deal with people and how I really own my own stuff, that uh, that has helped me immensely. And so I think that's going to make a huge difference as I'm coming off the things that would throw me off before don't throw me off anymore. Right. I've done so many worksheets on you, Jeff. I don't, you know, (laughs) once I'm off this medication. Wait a minute. (laughs) You're not going to make me anywhere near as crazy as you. No, oh, I don't know. I'm playing. But no, I mean, it's it's good. It's all good. Well, that's good. And um, yeah, I think, though, like having said all of this, I think it's definitely a conversation that we should be having with each other. If anyone is having any kind of feelings of like desperation or like. You know, even walking to the car is a challenge. Going to this is a challenge. If you need someone to talk to, there are people that are available to speak to. You are not alone. And this is not something to be ashamed of because I think, and I think so many people are afraid to say, you know, when somebody comes up and says, I'm depressed, what's the matter? Yeah. We'll snap out of it. Well, it turns into, well, what can I do to make you happy? Yeah, and nothing you, you can do can it's make me that. happy. Happiness is within. Right. But if you need someone to talk to, a couple people were sending us this 
uh, hotline information for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, you can call 1-800-273-TALK. And I just shared it on the Jeff and Jen yeah. Facebook page. Yeah. But it's important. I mean, just a simple hello, kindness, being wonderful to each other. It does help people that feel like they have nothing else going on. And it will get better. Mm -hmm. It will get better. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast. Brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com.